Are you ready for the Hollywood Chambers Accelerate? Coaching sessions that help accelerate your business growth. We break down complex issues in a short format. From the principles of finance to marketing strategies that will propel your organization. Learn from industry experts, tastemakers, and business leaders. Gain knowledge and resources that foster growth and innovation. The Hollywood Chambers Accelerate. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other streaming platforms. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate. Today's guest is Tatiana Logan, founder and CEO at Elwood Law PC. Tatiana has represented private and public companies in all aspects of business and corporate law. Some of Tatiana's featured clients are Nike, Converse, Hurley International, Pelton and Crane, and Taser International. On today's episode, we will learn about business structures and how they influence operations and taxes. She will cover entity types like LLCs, C and S corporations, highlighting their tax implications to ensure your business is successful and compliant. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be speaking about business entities today. Let's get started. Can you compare and contrast LLCs, S-Corps, and C-Corps, as well as their tax benefits and capital raise benefits? Okay, this is um, it's one of my favorite topics to discuss, compare and contrast business entity types. LLCs um, are partnerships, basically, for tax purposes. What that means is that LLC itself, which is a limited liability company, is not a taxpayer. Yes, LLCs uh, receive revenues, they have expenses at the end of their fiscal year, they calculate profits and losses, but those profits and losses are not, um, the, the tax on those profits is not payable at the LLC level, rather it passes through to the owners of the LLC. So if I have an LLC, my LLC generated profits, the LLC prepares a tax return, but it does not pay tax on the profits. I do. But the good news is that before that obligation flows through to me, business expenses have been deducted so that the tax liability has been reduced. So that is a major difference between an LLC and a corporation. Now, there are two different types of corporations. An S-type corporation is similar to an LLC in that it is a pass-through entity and it, it does not pay tax at the entity level. The difference between an S-corp and an LLC is that S-corp can be owned only by humans, only by a 100 humans. Or there's a, there are exceptions for certain types of partners, uh, trusts. So grantor trusts, a couple of other different trusts, and humans must be owners of an S-corp. Otherwise, the S-corp status is revoked automatically. In addition, S-corps can only have one class of equity. If the S-corp has two classes of equity, the only difference can be voting and not voting. So, in other words, in an S-corp, you have to have 100 humans who own it. Each human must be a U.S. citizen or a resident alien, and those owners can only have the same class of equity with the only potential difference of voting and non-voting. In an LLC, Anybody can own LLC, unlimited number of owners, unlimited types of owners, foreign, domestic, it does not matter. 
and classes of equity are unlimited. There are some things that are called series LLC that you can create new series for each different line of business, for each new project. Possibilities are endless with LLCs. LLCs are my favorite. I'm, I'm, I'm impartial toward LLCs. But let us not forget one other type of corporation is a C type of corporation. In fact, when a corporation is formed, it is automatically a C-type corporation. You do not need to do anything else to have a C-type corporation. If you want an S-type corporation, you have to file a specific form with the IRS where describing, um, identifying all shareholders, they better be human or specific types of trust, uh, and their percentage of ownership. So without filing this form, you get a C-corporation. C-corporations are really um, great for types of businesses that anticipate a public raise, uh, a significant growth. So C-type corporations are not ideal for closely held companies, closely held businesses. Those are, those are the Teslas, the high-tech companies that plan to have multiple raises of capital. The C-types corporations are the ones who are raising funds with institutional investors with venture capital. They, they're the ones, if you ever heard of um, references to um, A round, B round, seed round, those are the, the types of entities that have multiple rounds of fundraising and expect to go public one day. Taxation for C-type corporation is different than LLC and S-Corp in that a C-type corporation is its own taxpayer. In other words, the C-type corporation runs business, generates profits, and then pays income tax, corporate income tax, on those profits. And then if any of those profits are divided, uh, distributed as dividends, each recipient of the dividend also pay tax on that dividend. And that's why it's called a double level of taxation, because not only is the profit taxed at the, at the company level, it's taxed again at the shareholder level. And these are the main types of entities. So to just uh, summarize, C-type corporation is great for capital raising, less advantageous from tax standpoint. Why is it essential to have an entity for any business? I am so glad you asked. There are so many good reasons to, uh, to form a business entity. And we have a slide that shows, identifies a lot of reasons. But I would highlight three most important ones. Number one, we want to form an entity to separate personal assets from liabilities of the business. So a small business owned by one or two people, let's say it is a uh, daycare. If something goes wrong at the daycare, you don't want the liabilities of the daycare business to spill over into private and affect, and affect your personal assets, your house, your uh, savings account, your brokerage account. We want to keep the business liabilities separate from the personal assets of the business owners and having a business entity enables you to do that. That's a very important number one reason. Number two, raising capital, access to capital. 
when you have investors coming in and you, you're raising money for your business and it's a great business idea, but you need capital to fund it, investors will be investing typically with an entity and not with one individual, right? And when investors come, come in, they look for continuity. They look for continuity of the business. They look for something to grow. That's why investments are typically not into a human, but rather into a business that is run by a human that has, that incorporates the business ideas and that investors can watch grow and increase in value. So access to capital is reason number two. And reason number three, tax advantages. Um, as an individual, your tax strategies are limited, but as a business entity, and we will go over uh, different types of business entities in more detail, but tax strategies and tax planning is much more creative and effective for a business entity. Also, as a small business, my law firm was able to apply and receive SBA business loan. Um, as an individual, me personally, I couldn't have done it. So there are great advantages to having a business. Now, then you ask me, what are some downsides of having a business? Yes, there are some tiny downsides. And I'm using these words to sh probably to demonstrate my bias toward having a business entity. But so the downsides are you have to file forms with, a st with state agencies and you have to pay filing fees. But those filing fees are nominal. In California, to form an entity costs $70. Then once you file, you have to file renewals, uh, periodic updates. In California, it's biannual statement of information and you pay $20 to file it. So it's a really nominal administrative cost. A less nominal cost is preparing a tax return for your entity. And there is a franchise tax and franchise tax board in California. They charge $800 to... Um, keep your entity registered and you know it is a larger cost so your entity um, should make more than $800 if you want to keep it alive and, and um, operate it as an entity instead of a sole proprietorship but overall the reasons for having a business entity I think significantly outweigh any uh, downsides to having it. Now let's talk about equity and strategies for incentives and rewards. I love that topic. I love watching the Shark Tank show um, because it just not only does it show us the different products and interesting ideas, business ideas, and very enthusiastic business owners who founders who put their hearts and souls into their companies, but also it gives us a uh, insight into how negotiations could go with investors for your business. As someone who prepares investment documents on a daily basis, it's interesting to me how often the Shark Tank negotiations break down and the business owners, the founders will say, no, we cannot accept the Shark's offer because you're asking for too much equity. Um, in exchange for too little contribution, the, the too small of a contribution. And I would like to point out here, each equity percentage 
is just a snapshot in time. It is not a fixed, it's not a fixed amount. Um, as the company grows, the equity uh, ownership is diluted, it changes. But more important, importantly, we can build into your investment documents a mechanism for maybe giving additional equity incentive to the to the founders once certain uh, milestones are reached at the company level. In other words, just because you agreed to to bring somebody on board like a shark to your entity and give them thirty percent of your company, that doesn't mean that that's what they're going to hold forever, 30% of everything that you have. No, we can have, there's so much flexibility around it. Equity is is a brilliant way of incentivizing somebody and giving an award and and incentivizing people to to push towards some, some specified milestones and profitability levels. But then once those milestones are reached, issue additional equity to incentivize other things. So the percentages will go up and down and up again. In other words, there's no reason to turn away from a deal just because you don't like a percentage of equity that was being asked of you at this particular moment in time. Let's look toward other moments in time. Come and talk to me when you have those negotiations. Call in the shark tank, but call me before you sign anything. Great. Let's move on to entity management. Does ownership mean management rights? Such a brilliant question and it's so important to ask. Just because someone is an equity holder in an entity does not mean that they actually have management rights. For example, a shareholder of a corporation has very limited ability to participate in a in the management of a corporation, because the only way they participate is by electing directors of the corporation. And then hopefully the directors then carry out and protect the interests of their shareholders. Of course, the bigger is the corporation, the more different interests are out there, and the less likely it is that every single shareholder's interest will be protected. And that is why we see so many. Um, minority shareholder oppression lawsuits. But in an LLC setting, for example, there are LLCs that are member-managed. That means every single member gets to vote on a, on a management decision. There are LLCs that are manager-managed, and the manager is can be a completely uh, independent person without any economic ownership of the LLC. Fortunately for the LLCs, there's such a thing called operating agreement that describes management rights and management structure. Um, It is very important to have this operating agreement for LLCs with more than one member. Why? Because what if they're what if, the, what if there's an even number of members and there's a deadlock? How is the deadlock resolved? There's going to be, there's going to be a, a dance-off? What, what, how, how are decisions going to be made? Um, frequently, what I recommend is having, in the event of a deadlock, 
have a tie-breaking vote by an expert in the field that is the subject matter of the deadlock. So if it is, uh, if the management is deadlocked and decision about involving accounting, then you call a CPA. If it's a decision involving engineering, you call an engineer who will be the tie-breaking vote. Um, but without thinking those types of questions in advance and describing them in the operating agreement, chances are that the members of the company are deadlocked and the business just runs to the ground because no decisions made. Um, also, in a uh, LLC structure, what we can do is give different levels of economic interest and different levels of management rights to the same members. For example, we can have three partners one, um, holding 50, 40, and 10% of the company, respectively. And then we can have one member, one vote management structure so that even the 10% uh, owner can have the same 33.3% of the voting power. And that structure is only available in an LLC situation. Um, coming back to my the point I already made, I'm very impartial to LLCs. Such good information. Now let's close out with exit strategies. Let's talk business divorce. It is so important to think about exit strategy before we reach the exit. Ideally, before we sign the operating agreement, before we sign shareholder agreement, um, before equities and percentages are divided, we would already think about <clears throat> what happens, what is, the, what is the end goal? Are we forming this entity to grow it and then sell it? Are we, re are we creating this entity to grow it and take it public? Um, what is the North Star? I also recommend thinking about what happens if in my closely held business, I come to a disagreement with my partner to where we can no longer productively continue the business, right? Um, sadly, I'm, frequent, I'm frequently, more frequently than I like to, I'm dealing with business divorces where partners can no longer see eye to eye and they're not on the same page and they want to separate. The, how do they separate? There are so many issues that come up. What's, what is the business worth? What is, um, how do we measure it? Then there's, you know, um, emotions are involved and um, partners seem not to be able to find the right words to say to each other. So it's very, um, you know, it's high conflict, high stress uh, situation. And all of this can be minimized and, and be made easier with an operating agreement or shareholder agreement before we reach the situation, kind of anticipating the, the separation scenario, sort of like in the prenuptial agreement, uh, similar way. So what I have recommended uh, to my clients, specifically for LLCs, is that to include... Um, a forced buyout provision where one partner would basically make an offer to the other partner and the other partners have to either accept this offer of a buyout or make their 
own counteroffer. And then the counteroffers will continue until one partner accepts. So in other words, this is based on the idea that everything has a price. And then the partners get to negotiate and keep giving each other the price they, they are willing to accept for a buyout. So there are ways to plan for a business exit and business divorce. But the most important part that I would like you to take, the takeaway I would like you to have from this um, discussion is that it's important to have, to think about those before uh, the business divorce becomes a reality. It's just sort of in anticipation. Plan in advance. Plan in advance. Talk about, uh, talk with your attorney about shareholder agreement, operating agreement. It's a lot less painful process when you do it uh, in advance. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and on our YouTube channel. For more information on the Hollywood Chamber, please visit hollywoodchamber.net. Want to join us for our next HCC event? Network and mingle with Hollywood's leading business professionals, innovators, and creatives at some of the top-rated restaurants and venues in the area. Register for our monthly lunch hustle, speed leads, bash, and happy hour events at hollywoodchamber.net backslash events.